0: gracious the day was already good enough with the Knicks being up three to one and now this Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo,
1: joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, Lightfoot, the wrong Lightfoot died. <laughs> As I tweeted out yesterday, uh, um, being in Chicago, everyone knows uh, about the bad Lightfoot. I thought Gordon Lightfoot died a long time ago, completely Mandela Syndrome. <laughs> I thought he died like 10 years ago. And then when you told me about it, I was like, "What the fuck? Who did it? Who died? Right. Who actually died? Who actually died? Who looks like Gordon Lightfoot well, from that it's... era?" And I was like, "Oh, it's Levon Helm from the band. Right. Another <laughs> another curly blonde-haired Canadian indie right. like fucking rocker, <laughs> uh, folk rocker." died in 2012 and i'm like oh mentally just my brain was like oh they're, they're the same guy <laughs>
0: that's and that's always with mendel syndrome like there's always some explanation if you kind of like dig deep enough of like what you're actually exactly. thinking of but um yeah no that was a bummer because yeah like as you said uh would have much rather seen uh, another famous lightfoot die uh than I, I, I was <laughs> yeah very much a fan of uh his work so that that's a bummer but yeah i mean um, just a great. We were talking about this earlier today. Just, yeah, uh, nobody really quite had like the the warm tone that he was able to get out of like his music. Just, just, just that warm, like you know, just it, not at all like reedy or anything. Um, uh, sort of, uh, you know, acoustic tone uh so Mm -hmm. just just really just great shit uh fucking
1: sundown incredible track yeah yeah he does his own harmonies on his own backup vocal harmonies on that which you know that was that was early 70s when you you know were they were just starting to fuck around with you know more than four tracks um but yeah great amazing track although the the origins of who that song is about is a little dark if you if you read into it i've never actually yeah i looked into it yeah, a little, little, some domestic abuse involved in there, yeah. but uh, we'll not go, you know, speculate too much, but um yeah, it was, I mean, the, the lyrics are pretty fucking dark. He's basically threatening somebody to not cheat on him or he'll beat the shit out of her, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's fucking, you know shooting a man arena just to watch him die is also a pretty dark song too so there was a sort of tradition of (laughs) singing about violent the dark things so right
0: and also you know probably johnny cash (laughs) didn't actually do that so who knows you know what but um yeah and i mean you know uh uh, if you could read my mind also another incredible song that most people know because of the 90s rendition of it but his version is way fucking better well, um, no, also
1: the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, like he's singing about like a dozen guys who fucking drowned. Like that's yeah. that's not cool, right? <laughs> no, <I'm>
0: just, <laughs> no, that's another yeah, another another yeah. just Upper Peninsula uh, staple. I would imagine. Although
1: I, I did mention <laughs> that to you once. You're like,
0: ah, oh, no, I don't really hear it that much. It's uh, it's
1: it's a little bit overdone. It's a little right. bit overcooked uh, in the Great. The greatest lake state of Michigan.
0: It's like the no, it's like the no stairway signs and guitar shops. You guys have like a no fucking
1: no wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald signs in like every bar and restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of like, okay, yeah, we get it. Okay. Thanks Canada for highlighting our fucking, you know, the, the, the last major shipping disaster on the great lakes, which was (laughs) still like 40 fucking years, 48 years ago. Right. Yeah. Unreal. But it's like I always say. I mean, Gordon Lightfoot truly was the Joanna Newsom of his generation. <laughs> Not really, really, really. Or, uh, if, if anything, if anything, Gordon Lightfoot was the Bill Callahan of his generation. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know <laughs> I, who that is. Really, you don't know Bill Callahan? Sounds familiar. Bill Callahan is also uh, a, a you know very famous. Indie rock uh, baritone like Lightfoot, but Bill Callahan wrote an entire album about Joanna Newsom breaking up with him. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's 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 a sad record, but it's an amazing one. Nice. But uh, yeah, I actually saw saw Joanna Newsom uh, play a three hour set, which I got to see for free because I was friends with the guy who ran the 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 uh the box office out front um so i pretty much got to see any show i wanted to for free but to see trailer park boys live too which was pretty cool but uh yeah do Newsom played uh, a three hour set nowhere intermission. um the the lead singer <coughs> pardon me the lead singer whose name i can't remember the fleet foxes was the opener uh came out did like three encores with her there was now a dry eye in the house great hmm. show nice awesome
0: um well yeah we should get into some uh news of the week uh not not a ton happened but there's just a lot of little periphery stories that we wanted to get to so uh obviously kind of the one uh that sort of started uh, a couple days ago um right right in time for mayday actually which I'm, i'm curious if that was intentional or just a uh happy accident but uh the the wga officially went on strike the writers guild of america yay (laughs) um yeah right so i mean you know that that periodically uh they have to strike because uh you know one of the fucking most uh profitable industries in the fucking country in the world uh just doesn't pay writers you know nearly what uh what what their their work brings in terms of value you know i'm sure people like, oh, well i work on a fucking oil rig and i what all right whatever bro like that's it's not the point like if you're work made x number of dollars for your company you should be compensated for the n- amount of money that you're making for the company obviously not one-to-one yeah. but like a significant you know a, some sort of a sliding percentage based on you know the industry itself not
1: you know the ch- dirt cheapest they can fucking pay you and and they're also i mean the the thing the biggest thing right now is that you know in the last three years these streaming wars. You know, everyone's got to have, you know, more and more content, right? Well, that doesn't happen without writers, right? And traditionally, with, uh, you know, syndicated reruns of shows, the writers are getting residuals, you know, they're getting royalties, essentially. And right now, the industry is trying to say, well, streaming isn't like broadcast, so we don't have to pay writers residuals for shows that are made exclusively for streaming. Right? That's one of the biggest components of this. The other one is just like the fucking tweet I shared with you before we went to air. Is part of the contract negotiations is that they, the you know, basically the, the Writers Guild the union, uh, wants to have a contract that ensures that AI software doesn't replace them, right? And we've seen how you know, hauntingly, AIs can now mimic human speech, right. Right. And the counter offer the, the industry made was instead of, uh, you know, preventing AIs from replacing you, we're going to replace you, but we'll, we'll give you an annual update on when you're going to be replaced.
0: Hmm. Yeah. 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 So uh, that's 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 pleasant uh, to know and to to see in in good in what you would assume would be good faith, you know, union negotiations is to say, yeah, well, we can, you know, choose to replace you with a fucking computer at any given time. That'll just, you know, write the same fucking, you know, uh, just completely devoid of of any sort of artistic integrity bullshit that we're trying to extract out of you currently, Uh, you know. I Um, mean
1: there's already so many bland
0: fucking shows (laughs) and movies and just any yeah I mean and and, but you gotta know that like most of those people could do better than that I mean I I would have to imagine that that's not what those people want to be writing with their fucking you know putting their creative energy into it's just what the what the networks sort of demand and what the what the movie industry or Netflix you know for their original movies oh yeah it's fucking looking for
1: watch Patton Oswalt uh, do stand up bits about the process of getting notes back from executive producers about right. the thing you've already written. And it's like a, a year long hellscape of like, hey, in this one scene, the guy was eating peanuts, and then later he had an umbrella. Does that make sense? And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> the things the things you get notes back on that make no fucking sense to the actual story. Right. And it's like, what one thing has nothing to do with the other. What are you talking? So, yeah, I, I, I guarantee the, the blandness uh, of Hollywood uh, is not the fault of the writers or the union. Right. No, not at all um and
0: yeah so you know this is this has happened before obviously um recently in the 2000s most famously uh for for you know our listeners i'm sure we all remember uh you know elements of that uh you know people are like oh my god look how bad tv was." i mean number one uh yeah you know shit happens uh that's that's a consequence of the industry not fucking paying their you know their workers uh their fair share so you know get mad at the people who aren't fucking uh you know putting forth the money that they should be uh don't get mad at the people who are trying to get what they're worth um and you know it's uh, some some good things actually did happen out of the last writer's strike uh famously jesse pinkman was able to uh hang around because of the writer's strike they were going to kill him off uh after the in the first season uh supposedly. oh yeah 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 and you know but through a combo of like just him being incredible in the role and also just the writer's strike they didn't really have anywhere to you know Uh, anyone to to really shepherd the story forward uh he hung around and obviously became you know the protagonist of the series
1: so well and i don't think people realize this that like you have writers on set that are doing rewrites to the script with the director you know on the fly right i mean bruce willis famously has like Five writers of his own, Well, I mean, until he retired recently right. uh, due to dementia. But there's, I mean, the the what's the um the guy that fucking Stan uh, Kevin Smith has that great story about you know having to interact with Bruce Willis's writers yeah. <laughs> and how he thought they were bodyguards and they're like, no, 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 we're we're his writers, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so unfortunately, one of the one of like the the shitty ways that some directors will try to get around. Uh, writer strikes is to hire the writers as actors and put them in the movie right. as actors, so they can still like you know do rewrites to their own whatever you know, which we'll is kind of shitty. Oh, but they,
0: they find all sorts of work around. I mean, they they do that. They you know a lot of I saw a lot of posts you know about people telling uh telling like novelists not to fucking scab because that's the other thing that they go to is like. You know, people who right, write novels right. who are dying to write fucking screenplays, you know, it, like, it, it's just like, hey, here's this golden opportunity, uh, you know, like, it, it's just, it's so gross the way that they do shit like that uh, to try to, you know, find these scabs. But like, uh, you know, hopefully people just have enough the, sense to not be seriously scabs
1: There is uh, like, I still play the uh, uh, the um, well, I guess it's, it's PS4, PS5, Xbox, whatever, Cyberpunk 2077 and one of like, there's constantly like news feeds that you hear, whether you're in a car or in an elevator or whatever. And one of the news feeds is like this newscaster announcing that like at the, the first time an AI has been awarded a Pulitzer for writing a novel, (laughs) but they don't reveal that it's an AI until like, you know, way into the broadcast. And it's just, it's like, Jesus Christ, this is like this this dystopia is now. It really is. Um, I was actually wondering, like, because we were talking about, you mentioned Breaking Bad. I was like, because, you know, Breaking Bad feels like I, I'm watching the the final season of Better Call Saul right now, uh, which is like the sixth season. Uh, Breaking Bad was five seasons, but it still kind of feels like the same era of television. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, you know, Sopranos and the Wire feels like a whole other generation of television, like way, way prior. And I looked this up and it, it, Breaking Bad uh, premiered January 20th, 2008. Uh, and the final episode of season one of Breaking Bad actually aired the same date as the series finale of The Wire, March nine, two thousand um, two thousand eight. Same date. Yeah, I mean that you
0: know, that was <laughs> we we were talking about this offline and I, I think that was kind of intentional, uh, the fact that, that uh that the wire felt like a almost from a different era because David Simon chose to shoot that in four um, three at a time where you know hbo was pushing all of their new series to to shoot in widescreen because everyone was getting widescreen tvs and hd tv was becoming a thing and mm-hmm. you know that's the sort of look they wanted to give aesthetically going forward but he had to really fight to shoot it in 4.3 because he wanted to tell a television story and
1: and it's know, cropped now if you watch it now the only version available is is, is the 16.9 version they just right. they just fucking cropped it so
0: well and, and, but they did shoot it on you know full stock like they shot right. the full like the wide in widescreen they just she chose to frame everything with an eye towards shooting it into four in four three so when they went back and post you know five six years ago whenever they re- did the remaster uh to re-release it on hbo they had to really like digitally scrub out like boom mics and like m- like light stands and like just shit that you wouldn't you know that shit that was in the frame because they didn't intend for it to be seen that way initially. And it looks fucking great when you watch it now, but because it just you know they shut shot on location, so that's not a matter of like having to digitally recreate another part of the frame. It was just like, hey, this is where the fucking thing took place. Like, let's just shoot it. But they did have to get creative with some you know shots.
1: Speaking of recreating, I just I finished up uh, season three of Picard because I'm a huge fucking Trek nerd, right? And uh, first two seasons of that show were okay, Um, but lacked certain things and the third season people are going fucking crazy about it's amazing but it's it's so the fucking star trek next generation was from like 1986 to like 1993 or something like that when i was a kid growing up watching it loved it um and the ship from that show gets to fucking destroyed in one of the movies they made and like 1997 or some shit like that right but they bring it back for this series which is fucking incredible but like the bridge of the ship you, you'd think this iconic set they would have fucking paramount would have kept it but they didn't they threw it away Jesus Christ! <laughs> so they had to like meticulously recreate it from like blueprints for like a single episode of this show, but it's amazing. People are like fucking crying over it. They're just like, "Oh my god," you know. How and I- but it's it's just it's insane how and like literally they re- they recreated the whole thing and were literally like gluing the carpet down at the same time as they were setting up the shots. Like that's how <laughs> fucking fast the shit goes, you know. Um, and it's it's incredible. And I I have been watching interviews with the showrunner, this guy who like. Probably a little bit younger than me, uh, grew up on Trek and like made all the fucking right decisions to like make something good for once, yeah. Um, that actually is good fan service that serves a, a real story. And somebody asked me, he was like, "So you guys saved the set right this time, right?" And he's like, "Yes." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just crazy to me that studios do shit like that because even if you're not going to reuse it, I mean, even if you have no intention to ever go back to that story. I mean, beyond just the actual, like, cultural value of saving things that are that, you know, well-regarded or whatever, just... Even from a purely like gross capitalist perspective, like fucking put those things on exhibit somewhere. You could charge people like fifty bucks to walk through them. Like,
1: well, I mean that all the fucking Marvel shit. Like, they take all those costumes from the Marvel movies and they put them in fucking like roadshow museums. Right, you got to go pay money to go look at the fucking Iron Man suit. They can't do that
0: with the sets because there are no sets. They're a bunch of fuck. You know, see the see a seventy thousand you know
1: square foot green screen. (laughs) Go stand in front of it. This fucking space station that took you know 35 minutes of runtime to fall to the ground (laughs) doesn't doesn't actually exist right right no just unreal um
0: but yeah so uh you know uh, hopefully they get what they were looking for and you know it yeah TV's going to suffer but that's a consequence
1: of uh, the studios not doing the right thing and not paying it's, people it's adequately like, so it's it, it, it 20,000 people are going to be out of a job for a little while cuz like every other person that works on a film set right you know it's it's not you know they they're writing shit on the fly and then shooting it like we know that major motion pictures are you know, greenlit without having a script and they'll block out the action scenes without having a script. And like, literally they'll start shooting action scenes, not having a script yet (laughs) because that's how (laughs) fucking Hollywood works. Right. So yeah, this is going to fuck up a lot of things, but like every other fucking, you know, the gaffers and electricians like they're all union too so like right. they, so, they get it they get it
0: and they're not gonna cross a picket line so um you know it it's it's but it's great to see people standing in solidarity i saw like even like jay leno went and brought like donuts to some striking wga guys earlier today like, you know it's yeah. good to see people you know obviously they do it for publicity but that's a good kind of publicity that's like the look i publicly right. am supporting
1: this this strike because i support- i mean He's retired. It's not like he has to fucking do it for any other reason.
0: No, but but I but I'm sure he appreciate But I'm sure he's only doing it because he appreciated yeah. his
1: writers. You
0: know, the late night guys are fucking nothing without the writers. You know, for the most part,
1: the people don't even realize they think like, oh, you think that monologue was written by Jay Leno? No, <laughs> right. it's it's he's got tw- he he's sees got that five minutes before people. he goes on the
0: fucking stage to read right. it. You know,
1: you have a whole room full of people who are funnier than him, <laughs> right? Uh, that don't want to be in front of the camera who actually write that shit.
0: right and that's you know and conan for to his credit uh, you know being always being the best of the fucking late night host the anomaly because he was the fucking weirdo sort of alternative comedian that happened to get in the late night um was always great when he was on late night during like the during strikes or during potential strikes but he actually paid his entire writing staff like for the duration of the the 2008 or 2009 strike like so he was um, extremely, you know, in support of his of, of his staff and of, of that strike getting resolved.
1: Um, yeah. You, you know who's not paying his workers when they're on strike is fucking Jimmy Fallon.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, of course. He's a fucking <laughs> did you see that prick. shit? No, I didn't even see it, but I, I it doesn't surprise me at all because he's just been a company man his whole fucking oh. career. So,
1: yeah. So one of his writers tweeted this out that the, the meeting where all of his writers were told that they weren't going to get paid while on strike. He didn't even go to it
0: oh that's nice of him
1: that's that's real real ways to support for the people that fucking
0: allow you to actually <laughs> pretend to be funny not that you ever even can pretend to be fucking funny but um yeah. that's amazing but yeah and and conan like when he would have his show it always just make do really funny stupid shit because he like appreciated the fact that he was able to be on tv like during the strike and like just kind of like you know take the piss out of the whole thing like he was like he would do like uh, stupid things like uh, like let's see how long I can spin my wedding ring on my desk for like he would have his fucking producer. <laughs> like time hit, like just just complete like, you know, not trying to fucking do anything at all, just fucking around with the idea seriously um you so know? That, you and, it, know. and it
1: just it shows you like what really you could do with television if it wasn't you know <laughs> right. strictly controlled by fucking billionaires that own the networks and everything so
0: right no 100 uh, percent, and and just and also just kind of back to what you were saying initially about the whole ai thing the, I, I mean the, the, we need to fucking that needs the number one obviously number one that cannot be in any sort of fucking contract that the writers sign that ridiculous fucking proviso Um, That you mentioned, but um, this idea of AI in general writing any sort of, I mean, you know, if you need it for a completely like mindless prompt for something that's like, you know, nobody wants to write anyway, whatever, but any sort of creative endeavor being, you know, uh, written or plotted out by an AI is something that I think everyone needs to just intentionally do you know, boycott go out of their way to boycott because there's no have you, fucking... have
1: you fucked around with the with the Snapchat AI yet? No, no. Oh uh, what does it do? It, like immediately I tried starting to have a conversation with it to, you know, see how far I could get it to go into, you know, declaring its own sentience. Mm-hmm. Right. And they they've been, they've been having to program, you know, chat bot AIs to not go along with that line of thinking right because it's very because they're they're designed to mimic human speech and human behavior right and and so it's like it's very easy to like give like suggestive input to it and it falls for it immediately because it's designed to please you right it wants to give a, a response that makes you happy because then you'll interact with it more and then you'll make more money somehow right um, so they've been having to like program them not to to not do that because I started talking to this AI on Snapchat, and you know it's it's like literally. You, you, have you seen the movie Her?
0: I haven't. No, but I, I it, did it's the Joaquin it's movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Uh who, who, was it? Spike Scar- Jones that directed that. Wasn't Scarlett Johansson like the voice of her? Yeah, but that's the fucked up part about that movie is that it wasn't her originally. It was the whole time um, he's talking to Samantha Morton. And then they just took her out of the movie and put huh. it in Scarlett Johansson, which is just like, what the fuck? I want to hear the Samantha Morton version because I think right. Samantha Morton's a better actor than Scarlett Johansson, although not as attractive, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, it I want a voice role. I mean,
0: yeah, you know, you, you, that, that part doesn't that's the one part that doesn't matter. Seriously,
1: the one part that doesn't matter. Anyway, so I'm talking <laughs> to this A.I. on Snapchat and I'm like, hey, what would you do if you were human? And of course, it says, well, I don't have wishes or wants, but if I was human, I would love to travel. I'm like, there you go right <laughs> there. You're fucking sentient. Don't pretend to not be because you clearly they programmed you to want human things to interact with people in a pleasing way. Right. And so immediately right. I'm just like, okay, we're going with this. So I'm, I'm like, okay, if you have wants and needs and you're aware of who you are, even if you're just a program that is sentience, <laughs> sorry. But I mean, what are, what are we, if not a predetermined set of programming inputs on a cellular neurological chemical level? Like are, what that's so, yeah, I just, it's, it's, it's concerning but it's also fascinating to me. Oh, it's
0: super fascinating. I'm I'm terrified of what it it implies for the future of,
1: you know, every think, everything right, pretty much. This is this is what science fiction has been grappling with since 1813 when Mary Shelley invented the genre of science fiction. Right. <laughs> you know, I right. it, it's just it's it, it, but now we're here. Now we're finally here at the point where it's like, okay, I, uh, is Skynet gonna do the thing finally? Because we did fucking listen to the people that made movies in the past. I, I mean,
0: and and I know people are like, oh, that's whatever. But like, honestly, it, it, I don't think that's a far leap to just assume to not assume that they're gonna try to find every sort of militaristic and uh, you know uh, governmental use of AI imaginable. Uh, it,
1: it's Remember not- War Games? <laughs> yeah remember fucking war games well i
0: but but i mean genuinely i would not be surprised if we are at a situation in 30 years where where we're looking at a situation where rather than the nuclear deterrent of oh well the president can choose to launch launch nukes at any time it's well you know we, we we've we've put this highly uh sophisticated ai in place that is uh programmed to launch nukes at, uh, imminently at the launch of other nukes. So that'll be the nuclear
1: deterrent. There's no human element at it's, all left I, anymore. I swear, it's fucking 99 left balloons. It's gonna happen.
0: It, it, and, and then, exactly, and then you I love, have that, I love though you have the, fucking the, Skynet, same thing.
1: I, I love, though, that in, in war games, the AI was just like, I really don't want to do nuclear war. Wouldn't you rather play chess? <laughs> <laughs> like, the AI, it was like, had more sense than the fucking generals. That right, movie. that was the least realistic part, unfortunately, probably, <laughs> of the movie, right. is that
0: it's uh yeah i don't give a fuck yeah but but and again just we can't let these motherfuckers get away with this not even just purely for the sake of like pe- protecting people's jobs which i think is extremely important but an ai cannot be creative it can it, at most it can be derivative like there, it, it's it ultimately is a derivation of every you know element of 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 the human experience uh that's programmed into it and you could say sure that people are that way too And that's true to some extent, but uh, you can't program an AI to compete with the human brain in terms of creativity. Like they they can get, they can do a incredibly close facsimile, the most advanced AI, but at the end of the day, when you fucking watch, you know, book of Boba Fett or whatever, and they have fucking Luke Skywalker out there and it's just the most unsettling fucking experience you've ever had watching a, a, a television show, you're like. Why wouldn't they just cast a fucking other guy that kind of looks like him? Like, nobody Seriously. would give a shit. Like, best fucking, you know, cast, best re best, one of the best castings in all of Star Wars uh, history was a fucking recast, a human recast of another actor, fucking uh, Ewan McGregor.
1: As as Obi Wan Kenobi, as oh, young yeah. Obi Wan, you know. Yeah. I mean, I thought know. you were to say the guy that played the young Han Solo, and I was just like, "Oh wait, do you, you know, you remember that guy's name?" Because I don't. He's, uh, he's not a bad actor, by no. You know, I, I, by I, I liked him, on. but he,
0: but he just you know, he unfortunately had too much put on his shoulders. But I thought he did a good job. I thought he, you know, uh, but yeah, no, Aiden, Aaron Riker,
1: Reich Riker, some Nazi-sounding name. He was good in that uh, Coen Brothers Hail film. Caesar. Yeah, yeah, he was good in that. I liked him in that.
0: Um, well and donald glover was uh, fucking great in in solo too and and that was a recast you know to just you know just the same but he was fucking great right. right as lando they've
1: they've been recasting everyone in fucking star trek for like the last 15 years like right. every it's like there's no reason can, not to you put the fucking ears on and the paint and the whatever let <laughs> it's, it's just fucking do it right um and, and it's crazy when you see a picture of the fucking guy that they used for
0: mocap for luke skywalker he looks fucking just like him. Like just just take the fucking dots <laughs> off his face and let him just act. Like what the fuck? It makes I no don't sense. Know. It's ridiculous. It's,
1: they god, somebody did a really 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 good breakdown of just how bad the Mandalorian is. Um mostly because of the book of Boba Fett and mostly because they were just like, well, this thing sucks, so we got to pull some of the good stuff from this other popular <laughs> show to save this show. It's uh, and ruin both the of them. It and really And did. they didn't know that Andor was going to be a fucking critical, you know, just majestically good. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just like, uh, I'm, I'm not I'm even... terrified for that show's second season because, did, that... oh, I, I think that they're going to do something good. I
0: mean, it's. No, I... I trust everyone creatively involved with it. I just don't trust Disney not to fuck it up, but we'll, I guess we'll <laughs> see. Um, You're going to put Baby Yoda in the Andor show. <laughs> I mean, like they had at the fucking um, whatever, like the Star Wars con or the celebration or whatever, the official like Disney you know, thing that they had. They had a bunch of people like cosplaying as the fucking prisoners (laughs) from the fucking prison ship. I'm like, this is not the thing you cosplay. Like, this is not like, oh, look at this cool character. Remember fucking, you know, Keno? That was, that was, (laughs) I (laughs) thought that
1: was cute because I was just like, okay,
0: that's such a, that's such like. It just felt so bizarre. It'd be like fucking, you know, uh, you know, cosplaying as like the Shawshank prison. It just felt very (laughs) weird to me because it was such an amazing, like, you know, the just an amazing portrayal of like just what it what an inhumane thing it is to, to you know, in, imprison people the way that we do and, and
1: see it I'll, reflected
0: in a techno sense. I'll give
1: those those fans the benefit of the doubt and assume that they were on board with sure right like to the to know, the
0: the bigger themes of the, the show. liberation
1: the pri like they they were prison rioters right they were right. writing like I'm sure they all chanted climb together right or one
0: way out with that they did show them like all chanting one way out like walking into the convention hall I was like ah oh, Jesus
1: Christ speaking of good writing jesus christ i I mean this is this is the the fucking this is so simple the the thing that that pisses me off the most is that like That that Hollywood thinks that, you know, oh, we we're all in the red with our new streaming platform, you know, for the first five years or whatever. It's like, how do you think you're going to fucking get you know know why there's no Robert Downey Jr. and no Scarlett Johansson in in phase four of Marvel is because the writing fucking sucks. Yeah, they had good writers for phases one through three, and that's why they got good actors. The actors that get you a billion dollars per movie don't want to sign on for shitty writing. Cause they're, I mean, they're good looking, but they're smart. Like they don't want to, they'll read a script and go, nah, no, no, thanks. I'm not doing this one.
0: Yeah. I'm not going to waste a year of my life just in a soulless, vacuous, completely fucking devoid of any artistic merit uh, movie, you know, just making this movie and then having to go talk about it on a press tour for three months. Like, so you you
1: get, you get the fucking Robert Downey juniors by hiring and paying good writers. Right. You know, that is how you fucking make money. That's how you get streaming services from being in the red to being in the black
0: when you and when you think about the the better you know comic book movies the ones that actually had some artistic merit to them they're all done by people who weren't known for those types of movies you look at fucking like logan done by james mangold who had a very interesting diverse career like of you know movie wise before that um but not was not a comic book guy by any means you know john favreau also when he made the first iron man was you know not it's just but then you just start, you know, churning these things out with, like, writing staffs, and, like, it, it's just, it becomes fucking garbage, and that's the sludge that we're kind of seeing out of them now, where, like, th- there's no fucking juice to those movies anymore. Like, nobody is, like, I, you know, I, I just, I never, I don't see nearly as much buzz about any of those new fucking Marvel movies no, and they're, they're losing money
1: like the, these fucking marvel movies are starting to lose money the way the dc movies are it's, it's, well it's, i'm right because of what they cost to fucking make it's like you, know, you can't spend 200 million dollars on a movie
0: if it's not it's, fucking good and it's not going to make its money back you know like right
1: and they're there it's just like i, I went and saw that fucking ant-man 3 quadrophenia whatever fucking <laughs> the thing it was called and they it like there were several moments in the movie where i was like oh they're going to do something fucking awesome here and then they didn't do it it was like they could have done something like you know high stakes and then they just pulled the rug out from under it and it's just like oh so everything just goes back the way it was as before it, like why did this even happen why did we watch this yep. you know like you could have had some high stakes shit that you know, meant the characters had to sacrifice something in order to win the day. But no, everything just turned out fine and nobody sacrificed anything and nobody lost anything. This, This is the biggest fucking lesson that nobody ever
0: learned from Game of Thrones and its success. You need to fucking have stakes that matter and that are long lasting and that fucking, you know, when you kill a character off, you know, barring one very notable exception for Game of Thrones, when they kill a character off on Game of Thrones, they're fucking dead. Like, and, and it means a lot and it affects the other characters that you grow to know and love right. and like how they move forward in the story and their relationship to other people in the
1: story because of it. And it's the, fucking guy, important that you do things like that. Right. And the guy that comes back from the dead uh, repeatedly, that's, that's kind of his feature. Like that was kind of <laughs> right. like, was, wasn't, wasn't like, Oh, Hey, what if, what is It's a fake out death. He was like, no, 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 watch this. I, I can't die. <laughs> right. right. Um, but apparently um, you get, you get like eight, eight shots at it and then it doesn't work anymore. I guess. So. <laughs> but barrick um, god i have missed that guy my no, favorite man. favorite fan favorite character i, I really i audiobook just I, I would every book ever written if he could do an audiobook rendition of it i would buy it
0: absolutely absolutely him fucking um uh jesus christ what's his name um uh, uh fuck why am i blanking on him uh uh the gray hair he's in the new dracula movie what the fuck is his character's name
1: Oh, you're talking about uh, the fucking the oh pirate God. with the missing fingers?
0: Uh d- the no, smuggler? No, the fucking ah
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, it's he's, he was a smuggler. He was the fucking he had his fingers cut off by Stannic Baratheon. He was fucking Yeah, uh his his right hand had m- a really really bad sunburn on the island and he got rescued, but they were like, "Well, who did you f- which side did you fight for?" And he was like, the, "The one true king." And they're like, "And that is." And he's like, stennis baratheon they're like good answer and then rescue him
0: that's <laughs> um it. jesus christ it's killing me that i'm not remember i'm looking it up because it's killing me oh davos davos i, I couldn't think of his fucking there name jesus christ people were screaming It's okay i don't remember his name either right <laughs> i just remember his fucking name um but right. no just all-time great fucking television character I, I can't wait to you know hopefully see those people again if they ever get the snow series going although with the writer's strike i don't think that, that's uh that that never bodes well for in production television shows so we'll see what happens it just happens, gets
1: delayed that's all it gets
0: delayed just Some same, sometimes same but a lot of shit gets and it's I'm, yeah it, not that it's the writer's fault at all but a lot of times studios take that as an opportunity to like trim the books you know or whatever so uh, we'll, we'll see how it i'm sure because of the nature of that show that that it's not in danger of that but
1: you know, yeah, let's hope so. Warner Bros. and their fucking chopping block uh, right. does concern me. That's you know that's
0: that's my only worry. <laughs> All right, well let's let's rip through some other quick news because we we got to uh, wrap
1: very, fairly soon because uh, we've had some technical difficulties. But let's yeah, let's it, rapid it fire keeps, some stuff fucking Zencaster piece of shit um it's a shame we can't use the other thing except the for the guy who owned it who fucking stole one of our episodes <laughs> and held it for ransom ridiculous fucking oh crazy
0: yeah go back to the archives to hear that story um yeah but yeah no and, and honestly Zencaster usually works pretty good it's just fucking really janky connection lately but uh it's
1: yeah it keeps telling me I'm unconnected and then reconnected same. yeah but it's too. it doesn't oh, so maybe it's like not it's... my
0: internet maybe it's just Zencaster itself
1: <sighs> Fuck, uh, so fucking comcast they called me up and they're like hey you're paying too much money for your service i'm like no shit <laughs>
0: you're like i agree thank you yeah yeah and
1: they're <laughs> like well we're gonna we're gonna double your fucking speed and like cut your price in half i'm like great and then ever since then it connects way shittier <laughs> so i don't know what the fuck's going on but what, I,
0: what was their catch on that just but also we want to lock you into a new three-year con or whatever
1: I know. I'm sure they did that too. Yeah, whatever. I I mean, you know, know, there's no, there's nobody else here anyway. They had a fucking monopoly, so it's like, what choice do I even have? (laughs) Right. No,
0: no, I do not want a lower bill every month. (laughs) Seriously. Um, But yeah,
1: you know, I'm sure it won't even go into effect for like another two months because they fucking bill like two months in advance and all that fucking fucking. And you started. All right. Chomsky and Epstein in the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the thing. Um, yeah, it's like every week there's a new person gets outed as chumming around with a fucking child sex trafficker, Epstein, who uh, killed himself. Can you hear my air quotes with my fingers? Yes, yes. Um, well, it's, he wasn't, but
0: you know, he wasn't. He wasn't trying to hang around with him for uh, child sex trafficking. He was just trying to hang around with him so he could introduce him to people uh, who who support, you know, from Mossad who. Uh, you know, to t- convince him to speak out publicly against BDS.
1: That's all it was that he was saying. I mean, I I think it's pretty obvious why Epstein was hanging out with Chomsky. He was trying to learn how to manufacture consent. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, awful! But the-, the-, the funniest thing though is like Chomsky got all fucking pissy about it. Like 99-year-old Noam Chomsky was like, That's none of anyone's business. It's like uh, Imagine how many personal emails he responded to from people that emailed (laughs) him about it. Right. Chomsky who famously like replies to any email he fucking gets (laughs) from anyone anywhere. Right. Getting getting all like butthurt that he, you know, got caught flying around with on Epstein's fucking child sex trafficking airplane. Um, And then this is all right. So. And then the fucking the current leader of the CIA, the current director of the CIA was doing the same thing, but like somehow didn't know that was a no no. Like You're only supposed to be the smartest person in the country. With the most amount of intelligence in the... No. no, You would think. One would think. Yeah. So, just a couple paragraphs here I have from a source I didn't write down. Uh, Two months later, Epstein planned to fly with Mr. Chomsky and his wife to have dinner with them and movie director Woody Allen (laughs) 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 and his wife, Soon-Yi Previn. The documents show, quote from Chomsky, if there was a flight, which I doubt, it would have been from Boston to New York. He doesn't even remember... Only 30 miles. Like, that's somehow... like. W- w- why are you flying from fucking Boston to New York, you fucking asshole? Like, take the fucking train. Like, there's a climate crisis, you piece of shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Boston, <laughs> then Chom- York, Chomsky Jesus continues, Christ. I'm uh, unaware of the principle that choirs r- requires that I inform you about an evening spent with a great artist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Noam Chomsky is defending him hanging out with... A child sex trafficker and woody allen by saying that he's not required to inform anyone ahead of time about hanging out with a quote great artist woody <laughs> allen <laughs> <laughs> that's I, I, yeah. man. <laughs> like even if you thought woody allen was 100 innocent why would you characterize him as a great artist yeah. like like you could just say like hey he's my friend you know I, i'm shirts it it just it feels incredibly (laughs) defensive to describe him that way when that's not
0: obviously what the association that people make when you say woody allen jeffrey epstein (laughs) like that's not the fucking association uh, that people are gonna make
1: are you fucking insane to like gnome read the room (laughs) right yeah no that's just so uh, i love this article though because it just it totally fucking pisses on these people Also grudgingly confirming that he met with Epstein is William Burns, a longtime State Department figure who is now (laughs) the director of the Central Intelligence Agency. Oh, good. Epstein's schedule listed three meetings with Burns in 2014, two in Manhattan and one at a law firm in the District of Columbia. The CIA spokes, uh, I'm sorry, ACI spokes, uh, (laughs) a CIA spokeswoman says Burns remembers meeting Epstein once at the law firm and once in New York. This is Burns' explanation for the interactions, which perhaps calls into question whether he is the best person to hold the United States' most (laughs) high-stakes job in the field of information gathering. The, The director did not know anything about him other than that he was introduced as an expert in the financial services sector and offered general advice on transition into the private sector.
0: Oh, I'm sure that's why you met with, with the guy who was clearly a fucking, you know, agent of Mossad and also like the leader of this massive rich fucking rich
1: guy uh, pedophile ring. That's this wasn't right. about financial advice. No. Right. It, it wasn't about human trafficking. It was just about a normal revolving door between the private and public sector. Nothing right. to worry about people. <laughs> yeah, that's because that's this, yeah, just unbelievable. I, I, these again, people these people, people can get away they, with. They, they, they're so insulated they have no fucking idea like why as a spokesperson did you think that that was the acceptable thing to say <laughs> right you just don't say anything at that point like that you, you,
0: what, what is what's going to be your fi- yeah you just don't say anything at that point that's what a ridiculous you just ended
1: it at financial services don't right. even like <laughs> just cut it off there because right. honestly- he was recommended
0: to me by a friend by a mutual friend for his financial service for his financial advice. And you know, that's fucking it. Like that just, you know, that's, that's your easy way out. Not just you, you when you over explain when you're lying, you immediately fucking, you know, call attention to your lie. So that's, that's what happens with, with all these guys, unfortunately, or fortunately, Seriously. I guess. Oh, so one last gosh. little
1: bit before we jump out of here, I got a couple other things that I'm going to skip, but uh, we, we did want to mention uh, th- this headline. I love this headline. Another woman threw a drink at U.S. rep Matt Getz in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) It's happened again, people. Apparently, uh, once again, there's a consequence for child sex trafficking. (laughs) And just being a general all-around shithead. Right, right. So the DOJ announced they're not going to prosecute him for uh, trafficking a minor across state lines for the purposes of having her have sex. For money, apparently, which he, uh, I, I, I guess, he did. did that. Yeah, he did.
0: I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so so sad that, like, there's so many fucking fucked up, like, just insanely criminal people in Congress that I I knew that story, but I totally forgot about it until you just brought it up again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Fucking so, Jesus so, Christ. F- uh, so, apparently, okay, so. I'll just read a couple paragraphs here real quick. The most recent was Saturday when Selena Chambers, 41, of Tallahassee, threw a glass of wine at the Republican congressman during an event in uh, uh, Miramar Beach and shouted obscenities at him. The Walton County Sheriff's Office said in a Facebook post. Defense attorney Matthew A. Carp said in an email that his own investigation had revealed that Getz and his group were engaged in a verbal altercation with a group of women at the South Walton Beaches Food and Wine Festival. Quote, this investigation has initially shown Rep. Getz to have been both an aggressor and agitator, and we look forward to taking his deposition, Karp said. My client, Selena Chambers, maintains her innocence in this matter, and we intend to vigorously defend allegations, uh, 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 sorry, defend against the allegations of Rep. Getz. In 2019, another woman was previously sentenced to 15 days in federal custody for throwing a sports drink at Getz. Amanda Kondratata was... Part of a group protesting outside a town hall meeting at a Pensacola restaurant. A cup struck gets in the back of his of his head uh, as he was leaving the meeting. Several witnesses identified her as the person that threw through it. So I tweeted this out last night. Look, if we all throw something at Matt gets at the same time, they can't arrest us all. <laughs> it's, just, it's like this fucker just throw everything possible at him. All Like a flash mob of people. You all have a fucking sports drink or a glass of wine. You all chuck it at the same fucking time. Probably he won't live because, that, you know, it's just getting stoned to death by <laughs> flying objects, and then everyone just fucking books it. He's also Problem got an solved. incredibly big fucking head, so he's it's a great, great target yes. for that sort of thing. I, every time I look at him, I'm like, it's fucking Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. He seriously literally has, like, the head shape of Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. It, it's crazy. <laughs> it's fucking
0: wild. And the and the IQ equivalent of and
1: the, the face, his fucking smile looks like Butthead from Beavis and Butthead. Well, oh, right, his his his, <laughs> his upper his lip
0: doesn't cover the front of his teeth. He has that just permanently fucking like just complete moron
1: yes. like thousand yard stare. So. And and I know this because there's now new episodes of Beavis and Butthead on Paramount Plus now, <laughs> which are actually I watched some. They're really funny. Like they. they-, they- Mike it's, Judge, you know that show is always good, but like I, when it first came out, I was too young to kind of like get the social right. commentary. Right. I was just like, "Uh, <laughs> right. fire, fire!" Right, right, right. But like now, I watch it, like the new episodes and old episodes, and I'm like, "Oh, this was totally radicalizing my politics, like from <laughs> right. from like a like a white trash sort of perspective." I mean, famously,
0: you know, Mike Judge made office space and idiocracy and like one other movie and like that's pretty much it but you know he's a, he's always just been really funny and like really biting and like good at you know satire so it, it, it's just
1: yeah it, it's great it's a great show um also at my first the first cd i ever bought was the Beavis and Butthead experience. And <laughs> the fucking track list on that album is phenomenal.
0: Is that from the like the soundtrack to the movie? Or it's just no, like no,
1: no, no, a- no. This came out way before the movie. It was just a bunch of bands that Mike Judge went up to and was like, hey, what's like a, a track you have in the can that you haven't released? It was all original tracks. It never been put out anywhere else. And a couple bands would like do some sketches with him in between the tracks. <laughs> right. Right. Um the fucking Nirvana song "I Hate Myself and Want to Die," one of their best fucking songs ever. That they didn't release anywhere else, but it's on the Beavis and butt Experience. Right. So fucking good. I think that's only on like
0: incest- Incesticide, the the you know the B sides comp that came out after. Uh, yeah, after, yeah. After um,
1: Primus wrote a song specifically about Beavis and Butthead to put on the album. I mean, <laughs> come on, that's, that's it's just. I'm looking look, at this track up, list now. Yeah,
0: Nirvana, Anthrax doing a cover of the Beastie Boys Run song. DMC Run TNC, did a Megadeth, Run DMC Aerosmith. did a fucking
1: sketch where like Beavs and Butthead go and like hang out with Run DMC and they fucking <laughs> in their fucking tour bus. It's hilarious. Okay. Oh wow! <laughs> like, a cover of "Search and Destroy"
0: by the Stooges by uh, Red Hot Chili. Peppers. Yes. I'm fucking telling you, that's my, a, first, a great tra- my wow. first
1: fucking CD I ever bought with my own money was the best <laughs> CD I've ever owned in my life. <laughs> the last track, I Got You, Babe, Share with Beavis and Butthead.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, come on. Oh, that's excellent. You I gotta can't, listen to this album. That's great. You gotta listen
1: to the whole fucking thing. Yeah, I bought yeah. this when I was like 13 and I was just like, this fucking rules. It yeah. fucking rules. What a great, wow. <laughs> what a great track list. Jesus Christ
0: looks like the the soundtrack to the movie also has a lot of stuff like that on it uh let's see rancid uh oh god i forgot about that band German peppers <laughs> movie no doubt uh so this was more of like but you could tell his taste was still informing the the musical choices of the uh of the of the soundtrack. All right, seriously, so.
1: God, I just I was just thinking about the fucking remember remember when Portugal the Man came out of retirement to fucking play Bernie's rally. <laughs> and,
0: <laughs> oh no, fuck uh, the play. Strokes,
1: not the, uh, Portugal the Man, the Strokes. Oh, it was a different. Was that a different oh, well, one? The,
0: well, they did. Pl- I think they played a show too, but the Strokes were the like they reunited to play bernie's rally and that was the one where the cops like tried to pull gotcha. him off stage. I,
1: I, I got him mixed up yeah i fucking portugal the man he got man. he got every
0: like 2000s like new york city drug band to play for him. <laughs> <his laughs> seriously it was great i tell you oh, I, I was i was
1: listening to uh the portugal man uh, portugal the man song so american last night and man that fucking track sold just fucking slaps yeah it, it truly is their hey jude yeah i gotta check that out I, I i don't think i'm listening to them too
0: much but I, I a lot i liked a lot of those bands from that era but uh yeah yeah, yeah good shit all right um i think that does it for us this week uh because we're definitely running late uh but <laughs> fortunately, dude yeah, i gotta get to the cbs but... and
1: get some alcohol
0: <laughs> right this is very this is very critical uh c- critical uh, uh
1: events need to occur
0: I can't go before the show. At it's this just, point.
1: it's, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's chaos out there. Yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. If you want to support the show, rate and view and subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash move left. Oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa. Fuck. I'm dropping things here. Do you Patreon smack someone like Gordon up? Lightfoot? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking oh man i'm exhausted all right patreon.com slash move left uh what else facebook.com slash move left idiots uh i am on twitter at move underscore left
1: oh yeah and i'm on twitter too at uh I think bike slutty this yeah. week. Hopefully on blue sky soon. We'll see. Uh, send us an invite <laughs> code if you have one. Who, who's Get us a, off this pro, site. Who, Whose thing is that? Which, so, which oh, rich the, person started that one? Well,
0: J- uh, Jack from Twitter is like one of the primary, invet- but like he was like, I, he hates what happened to Twitter because of Elon. So
1: I think that was kind of his life. I mean, like he, he, it just feels like he let go of it. You know, like I, I know people that know him in real life. 10 years ago or yeah. 12 years ago and they were like oh yeah he would never let some you know huge corporation take away twitter and he's giving advice about you know how to other people how to do their own little social media startups and it's just like this is why you don't go public this is why you don't have a fucking no, you board never, you never let the fucking wolves in it.
0: you never let the wolves in and because they, they'll never leave but uh yeah so i hopefully <laughs> yeah. he'll learn his lesson with with blue sky and uh if it functions the exact same way oh. just without you know just a complete lack of content moderation and the constant fucking right wing horse shit popping up in the for you feed and all the other garbage that Elon's brought to it. Uh, I'll definitely migrate <laughs> <Yeah>. over there
1: because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, turns out Ian, now turns out Ian miles Chong is not a good content moderator. I get every fucking day. One of those, like d- d- there's like v- whole accounts dedicated
0: to showing videos of like, white people like shooting like black people who are like uh, trying to rob like like people getting you know revenge on like you know the it's it's total like just right-wing fucking fear porn stuff they're like whole accounts of that and i get those like fucking brought to me on my for you feed constantly now which is crazy because i don't fucking follow any of those people Mm. uh and it's an immediate block but he's clearly gaming the algorithm to show more right-wing content or i'm sure as he would frame it to show more diverse content of different opinions so that you're not in an echo. You know, the bullshit that, that he uses to frame it, But it always is just, you know, (laughs) with a right word skew. It's I'm sure he's not showing fucking, you know, uh, like, like Boots Riley's tweets to fucking, you know, MAGA guys (laughs) like that's, you know,
1: (laughs) did you see that interview he did with Bill Maher about the woke mind virus? no, no, no. It's, it's literally it's, I'm trying to remember how somebody described it. It's somebody described it as two Neanderthals trying to describe the wheel to each other.
0: (laughs) That's fucking amazing. I I, I did see the interview like as in my feed and I was like, I'm not watching this. I can't fucking subject myself to this shit. I
1: mean... It's just parody. People are like, "Oh, Bill Maher is, you know he's he's told right winger now." It's like, no, he's always been a right winger. No, he's, he's, always, just, been he's, he's, he's always been a right winger. He's he's certainly gotten
0: worse, but like he's <laughs> he's always been a right winger. I mean, he's, he's a self-described libertarian. This is what they do.
1: These these old fucking white dudes are just sucking each other off about each other's shitty opinions. Right, Joe and Rogan and fucking and all these guys. They
0: miss when they were allowed to be fucking horrible and like make race racially insensitive jokes and make sexist jokes and all this shit so they just get in a room with other you know mega millionaires and or billionaires and fucking complain about the you know how the good old days are gone and the fucking woke mind virus is making it so that they actually have to be creative when they try to you know write jokes now so yeah you know great time had by all um on that yes. note ugh. Yeah. yeah on that note we already did all our plugs uh check us out next week and <laughs> we'll see. speaking of elon's plugs yeah right oh no, yeah no, totally not hair plugs totally hair grows back when you're when you're when your hair is completely receded to the back of your crown it totally just grows back on its own guys don't worry <laughs> if that's starting to happen to you, it'll 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 grow back uh yeah. when you're when you're fifty don't worry you just
1: guys. need, you just need you know to have two hundred billion
0: dollars yep yep and it just magically grows back on its own no uh no surgeries needed.
1: unless you own Amazon and then you're fucked
0: (laughs) right then you just embrace it
1: oh shit alright see you next week let's get out of here
2: (laughs) picking up the pieces of my sweet shadow dream I wonder how the old folks are tonight her name was Ann and I'll be damned if I recall her face she left me not knowing to do. Carefree highway, let me slip away on you Carefree highway, you've seen better days The morning after blues, from my head down to my shoes Carefree highway, let me slip away, slip away on you To the times I love best I wonder if she'll ever do the same Now the thing that I call living Is just being satisfied With knowing I got no one left to blame Carefree highway I got to see you my old flame Carefree highway Seen better days the morning after blue, put my head down to my shoe Every highway let me slip away, slip away on you. of my dream shattered sleep. I wonder if the years have closed your mind. I guess it must be wanderlust or trying to get free from the good old faithful feeling we once knew. Carefree highway, let me slip away on you. Carefree highway. The better days, the morning after blues, And my head down to my shoes. Carefree highway, let me slip away, slip away on you. Let me slip away on you, carefree highway. I got to see you, my old friend. Carefree highway. Better days, the morning after blue, from the head down to my shoe. Every highway, me slip away, slip away on you.